Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will will get you though for just 20 bucks a month you can get unlimited talk text and plenty of 5g data from my sponsor and my cell phone company pure talk make the switch today and save an additional 50 percent off your first month choose a wireless company who shares our values go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries that's puretalk.com slash jesse I know you're paying attention to global events. Wars bubbling up everywhere. Countries are buying and hoarding mass amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our heads in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Our gangster government, we talk about the latest on the Biden family. We talk about ivermectin tonight. Don't think we've forgotten about the system and what they did. Congressman Jim Banks is here, a great light in the mood. All that's coming up on I'm Right. By now, you know my thoughts on impeaching Joe Biden. He should have impeached, been impeached day one. That's just the bottom line. Should have been impeached day one. Why? Well, my thoughts are different than most on the right. It's actually not because he's a criminal. Now, he is. That's a justification for it. It's not because he's a criminal. You should impeach Joe Biden because they impeached our guy for nothing. Twice. And so unless we let them know they're going to be forced to play by the rules we play by, then they have no incentive to stop doing what they do. Every Republican president from now until the end of time will be impeached by Democrats every chance they get. They have set that standard. They let us know that. Our only chance at stopping that is to do it back to them and then come to them and say, you want this to stop? We'll stop it. But that's just me. I'm actually interested in victory, unlike Republicans. It came out today. The Biden family, gigantic payments to the Biden family from oligarchs. 
Kazakhstan, freaking Russia, Ukraine, massive payments. One payment was for the exact amount of the sports car the Biden spot. That's how corrupt it is. And the GOP still sitting there, navel gazing, wringing their hands. I don't, I don't, I don't know, guys. I want to do this the right way. We got McCarthy out there. Well, we're not going to do it for political purposes. Well, the one thing I know is I will not do what the Democrats did. I will not use impeachment for political purposes. The responsibility of the House is to investigate and find out who's lying. Now, if somewhere along the way someone has broken the law that it has risen to an impeachment level, constitutionally, you would have to follow through. But I never pick and choose about something like as serious as that for some political basis. I do know the constitutional responsibilities of the House is for oversight and investigation. That's what we're doing. Okay. What's that mean? It's now August. August 9th, according to my little watch here. August 9th. We've had a GOP House for eight months. Why has Joe Biden not been impeached? Should have been day one. Exactly how much longer are we going to pile up information, damaging evidence after damaging evidence, and still run to the media and talk about how we're doing things the right way? Is this going to actually happen or is it not going to happen? They've got our guy on trial. Our guy's been indicted three times getting ready for number four. We can't even do an impeachment of Joe Biden? Toothless. Ridiculous. I did have to laugh when Grandma Vodka took to the television, though. How do you feel about the push by the House Republicans, many of them, speakers certainly, you know, flirted with this idea of impeachment proceedings uh, against, you know, President Biden because of unfounded allegations that he was involved with his son Hunter's businesses? With all due respect to your question, this is frivolous. This is a diversionary tactic. They have to change the subject and they have nothing to offer the American people in terms of jobs and the rest. They talk about it, but then they change the subject when it's time to deliver. I'm so proud of the Democrats and the Congress. We fully intend to take back the House the next time so we don't have to deal with the frivolity, the, the waste of time of the Congress for them to, to go down this path. The fact is, the fact is we have a great president who's doing a great job. They can't stand that, so they have to come up with some gimmick. Grandma Vodka sounds old, doesn't she? She also sounds like a woman who doesn't have very much self-awareness. Oh, a frivolous impeachment. That's a problem, huh? Joining me now, a great congressman from the state of Indiana and hopefully the next senator from the state of Indiana because we need, we, we need decent ones of those. We don't have very many. Jim Banks joins us now. Okay, congressman, I'm not naive enough to think that Joe Biden will actually be convicted in the Senate if impeached. I believe he should be impeached anyway, but that's one man's opinion. Is he going to be? And if so, why? Well, Jesse, I don't think we have a choice. We have to impeach Joe Biden. And the reason that we have to impeach him is to make sure that no future president believes that they can ever get away with this guy, uh, what the Biden family has gotten away with. This is the most corrupt family ever to live in the White House. And that's saying a lot after the Clintons lived there in the 90s. So. We now know even more yet today, uh, the receipts that show that Joe Biden and the Bidens made something like $20 million from companies from Ukraine and Russia, corrupt business dealings, selling access 
to Joe Biden in the White House when he was in the Obama administration. He deserves to be impeached. It's important that we move forward to make sure that that happens. You're right. The Senate is unlikely to remove him from office, but it's important to make that case to the American people that we take his corruption seriously enough to move forward in the House to impeach him. Congressman, okay, just, I'm going to ask, the, honestly, the most naive, dumb question in the world, but I've got to know. Okay, as vice president, as senator, he has all these people in his life, his son, his brother, just receiving gigantic checks from foreigners. How is that not against the law? I, 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 even if Joe Biden wasn't, whether he was on the phone, in the meeting, how in the world could we have a system in this country where I'm a United States senator, and no, don't pay me, but just write my son a $5 million check? How can that be legal? Obviously, it's not, but it's two different sets of rules. Uh, one set of rules for anyone named Clinton, Obama, or in this case, Biden, and a different set of rules for the rest of us. I mean, it's hard for me to sit through and listen uh, to that clip from Nancy Pelosi uh, with, with her keeping a straight face. Andrea Mitchell was even ha having a hard time keeping a straight face uh, during that segment because Nancy Pelosi knows that they, they falsely impeached Donald Trump for everything that the Bidens, that she knew all along, Nancy Pelosi knew all along the Bidens were corrupt and were getting away with that type of behavior. And uh, with a straight face, she tried to claim that these, this is all frivolous and, and uh, ridiculous when we all know that the Bidens have been getting away with this for a very long time. So it's a different set of rules for them, but the House Republicans, we, we have the majority and we have a moral duty to do something about it, to hold them accountable for it. That's why, that's why I believe impeachment is really important. Is Kevin McCarthy going to do it? He's been not horrible so far, not great. He's been just average. Is he going to actually go through with this? Well, he's starting to talk about it. In recent weeks, you've heard him talk about an impeachment inquiry, and I think he's right. I mean, move forward in the through the Judiciary Committee led by Jim Jordan, the chairman. Uh, move this process forward. Make, make To me, you don't have to make the, – the case has already been made. I mean, James Comer, the chairman of the Oversight committee came out with these receipts this morning about an additional $20 million that wasn't reported before, the, the, these corrupt dealings. So the case is pretty clear, but let's go through the impeachment inquiry process. At that point, I, I don't know how a single Republican and almost every Democrat wouldn't believe that the right thing to do would be to move forward. And that's another point too, Jesse. How do, how do any of the Democrats with a straight face continue to defend Joe Biden and the Biden family? I, I, I have yet to hear a single Democrat cry out about the corruption and the, the corrupt dealings of this family. Where are the Democrats? Uh, they, they owe it to the American people after what they did to Joe, uh, to, what they did to Donald Trump to come out and talk about the corruption from the Biden family and, uh, and, 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 and in all seriousness, do something about it. So let's impeach him. Speaking of the crime family and the DOJ and Jack Smith and all these people, your buddy Dan Bishop had this to say this week. Kevin McCarthy should call Schumer tomorrow and say no spending bill, bill is going to emerge from this Congress except one that defunds the prosecution of Donald Trump under that gross attack on the First Amendment that is this latest indictment. That's what it would take. And if you had people who were serious, I mean, this is, so as I said before, we can't prosecute people directly. And in fact, you've got 500, 435 members of the House, 100 members of the Senate. Unless there's somebody with stones in the leadership post, they're going to walk all over the Congress. And that's what's been allowed to go wrong. 
Does this House have what it takes to defund Jack Smith? Well, uh, first of all, Dan Bishop is going to make a great attorney general in North Carolina. And what you just heard from him is a, him is a good reason why. So he's exactly right. Republicans, if we if we pass any spending bill that comes out of the House of Representatives without defunding Jack Smith, or even, even at the very least, uh, Jesse, they're asking for a billion dollars to build a new FBI headquarters. I mean, can you imagine if Republicans went along with that and voted to... Uh, to give money to the FBI to build a new headquarters in the midst of all of this. Of course, we shouldn't be giving them money uh, to do that or to continue the frivolous uh, uh, prosecution of Donald Trump and, and uh, the political behavior of the Biden Department of Justice. We, we hold the power of the purse in the House. And to your point, do Republicans have the moral courage to do the right thing in this case? I hope so. There's still time for us to do that. The month of September is when we debate the spending bills, the appropriations bills, and we have the opportunity to do the right thing and make sure that we don't we don't give them another penny uh, to pay for the political behavior of the DOJ and the FBI. Let's hold them accountable for it instead. How hopeful should we be about that appropriation process? I normally prepare myself for embarrassing failure when the GOP is negotiating with Democrats. I feel like this House maybe might give us something next month. What, what can we actually hope for? What's realistic? Well, I, I remain optimistic. We have a five-seat Republican majority in the House, and we have a lot of rock stars and conservative stalwarts like Dan Bishop and others who are leading the fight to make sure that we we don't give in, that we, we're, we're no longer the Republican Party that goes along to get along with Democrats, but rather we use the, the power of our majority to stop some of this madness when it comes to the spending bills. So if we do what we said we were going to do last year when we campaigned and asked for the majority, that we will use the leverage of this House Republican majority over the next six weeks to make sure that these spending bills reflect the promises and commitments that we made as Republicans on the campaign trail. So I remain optimistic that that will happen, Jesse. Like you, um, I'm, 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 I'm always prepared to be let down by uh, Republicans who don't do what they said they're going to do. But I, I'm going to be on the front lines with Dan Bishop and others to make sure that we uh, fulfill our commitments and keep our word to the American people. I know you will, Congressman. Go get them. Appreciate you. All right. Have a good day. You too. Good man right there. We don't have many of them. Good one. All right. Do you remember ivermectin? Seems like it was only yesterday people were talking about ivermectin. Would you like to hear more about ivermectin? Because we still need that COVID reckoning. We'll hear a little bit more about it in just a moment before we hear about that. Let's talk about that timeshare you think you're stuck in. You're not stuck in your timeshare. I just can't emphasize that point enough. They're lying to you. That timeshare company, when they told you, sorry, you signed the contract, you're stuck for life, pay your annual fees, they lied to you. Lone Star Transfer has caught on to this scam a long time ago, family business, and since then they've helped over 18,000 owners get out legally and permanently. How's that sound? And all you have to do is make a phone call? All you have to do is call 844-310-2646 or go to LoneStarTransfer.com. They have their Better Business Bureau rating for a reason. 99% successful. Give them a call, all right? We'll be back. Did Ivermectin do anything? No. Okay. Humans do take it, but not for this purpose. 
Right. It does not help with COVID and it could be dangerous. It simply does not work as a treatment for COVID. Let me just say very clearly that ivermectin is not a recommended treatment for COVID-19. It is not a recommended drug to prevent COVID-19. Uh, the best protection we have against COVID-19 is the vaccine. Say that's horse dewormer. So things are clearly bad, but they're being made even worse by people who have refused to take the vaccine and instead are swallowing horse paste. Dr. Fauci said that if hospitals get any more overcrowded, they're going to have to make some very tough choices about who gets an ICU bed. I, that choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. You're, that's... Horse goo. Horse paste. Remember all the things they said about ivermectin? Immediately when it came out, Joe Rogan came out and said, hey, I treated myself with this and I got better. Immediately, the system ran to the television to make fun of you for even thinking about it. Joining me now, Dr. Pierre Corey. He's the author of the book, The War on Ivermectin. Doctor, tell me about this dangerous drug that did nothing to stop COVID. Yeah. Well, what you just showed, right, were, were some pretty potent examples of what essentially I detail in my book, which is a massive disinformation campaign whose sole objective was to suppress and distort the evidence of efficacy for ivermectin. Um, there are many reasons why that was done, um, and I detail them in my book, but really the, the strategy and tactics were fearsome to watch. I mean, you saw them employ the entire media sphere, the high-impact medical journals, the agencies, the talking heads, all to destroy the evidence of efficacy. and. Um, that's essentially what my book describes is is the book is really inspired by an article called the disinformation playbook uh that's an article written by the union for concerned scientists in 17 in 2017 and they detail the tactics that industries deploy when science emerges that's inconvenient to their interests and never has more inconvenient science ever emerged than the evidence of efficacy of ivermectin, and boy, did they go after it. It was, a, and that's why the book is called The War on Ivermectin, because I had a front row seat to it. As one of the foremost clinical experts of ivermectin and COVID, um, I saw the lies from the beginning, the attacks, the distortions, the suppression, the censorship, um, and I made a commitment to myself early on in that experience that I was gonna document this for history. I, I want everyone to understand what they did, how they do it in order to protect ourselves in the future. I mean, disinformation is practiced widely. It's not just on medicine or medicines, and I don't wanna go into other political areas, but I mean, I mean, the media with their narratives and, you know, I just think that ivermectin is a very good case example. And although the book is about ivermectin, what I describe what they did to ivermectin is not new. It's been going on for decades. I mean, the pharmaceutical industry, their, their greatest Achilles heel is off patent medicines. And they have made specialists of themselves. They're the most highly skilled industry at doing disinformation in order to really get people to not use off patent, cheap, safe, you know, long used medications. They want you to use the pricey new patented pharmaceutical. That's how they run their business. And when you see how they destroy uh, the reputation or evidence of efficacy of drugs, I mean, 
it, it, it's incredible the power that the pharmaceutical industry has. I, I've never seen anything like it. Walk me through COVID and ivermectin. Most people are not doctors. They don't know anything about ivermectin. What does it do? Does it treat COVID? If so, how? Why? Walk us through this. 100%. So, so when we, um, I'll give you a little bit of background. So I, I am uh, the President Chief Medical Officer of the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance. And myself and my partners who formed that organization, we're critical care doctors. I'm a lung specialist. And when COVID started coming, we just responded by like wanting to learn everything we could about the disease, about potential therapies. And we didn't think ivermectin was helpful in the beginning. And we didn't know enough about ivermectin. We'd heard some rumors, some mentions that people were using it, but there was just no data for it. And as we did our work throughout COVID, which was really just following the trials, the data, the evidence, the pathophysiology, around the fall of 2020, we started to see the first trial results of a number of therapeutics were being done. Because when COVID started, you know, clinical trials started to be done. They were testing different therapeutics. And around September, October of 2020, you started to see the first results of trials. And most therapeutics that were being tested were failing. Um, some fraudulently, like hydroxychloroquine. I, I just want to make a little aside. My book is called The War on Ivermectin. But one of my colleagues could have easily written the book, The War on Hydroxychloroquine, because the tactics were the same, the objectives were the same, and the results were the same. But when we got to the fall of 2020, we saw all these trials were coming in showing that nothing was really working, but the trials on ivermectin had this particularly unique signal. I mean, we just saw large magnitude benefits in mortality, hospitalization, and we had never seen that around a therapeutic in COVID. And when they were coming from centers and countries all around the world, and so we amassed all the data. I did a review paper in December of 2020, I gave testimony but the reason why ivermectin works, like you said, is when I started to research ivermectin because of these trials, I was shocked. I discovered that there were 10 years of studies, uh, in vitro studies showing that ivermectin stops the replication of about a dozen viruses, Zika, West Nile, dengue, influenza, HIV. I mean, it was incredible. I was like, I didn't know that there was an evidence base showing that it was this broad antiviral. So, so it has a lot of mechanisms. So for instance, it's one of the most tightly binding drugs to the spike protein. It interrupts a lot of the enzymes that the virus needs to replicate. And it also has many different anti-inflammatory mechanisms. So one of my colleagues, my partner, Paul Merrick, he has said, and I like when he says this, he says, you know, ivermectin was a gift from God. And that's a grandiose statement. But what he really meant was, if you look at the different phases of COVID, right? So the early viral uh, replication phase, and then the later hyper-inflammatory phase, Ivermectin literally has mechanisms which make it a very good prophylactic. It binds spike, it prevents it, the virus from entering the cell. So people who are on ivermectin have greatly reduced chances of getting COVID. It's a potent antiviral, so the course tends to be milder if you treat early. And even in late phase disease, it treats inflammation and some of the oxygen problems that you have. So you can use it at any time and it has these great impacts. And um, to me, I'm gonna say something pretty definitive. It's one of the most effective therapies for any disease model I've studied. There's 99 controlled trials of ivermectin and the sum um, analysis of all of that data is massive reductions in your chance of death, hospitalization, time to viral clearance, time to uh, clinical recovery. And, and so it's this 
it's it's this phenomenally effective medicine. And the, the last thing I want to say about those clips that you showed, you know, before we started talking is, you know, you have all these U.S. officials and talking heads on television saying there's no evidence it works, da, 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 you know, it's not effective. Well, they need to answer the question, how come a number of countries had it on their protocol, in their national guidelines, and were using it to great effect? And the, the, the number one example is India. When India got hit with Delta, ivermectin was on their protocol. They used it throughout India. And if you look at the Delta wave, how it hit India, I mean, it ravaged them. But it was extinguished in like weeks. And that was through the broad use of ivermectin throughout the country. So why didn't we? What? I, okay, India? I, and I've heard this before. These other countries would simply hand out ivermectin. Things would clean up and they'd move on. But I, a doctor, I mean, the stories I've heard from other doctor friends of mine who treated people with COVID, they couldn't get pharmacies to fill the prescriptions. That's, that's an insane level of control of, of a drug that works. That's why the book is called The War on Ivermectin. But so, so why didn't we use it? Let, 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 me, let me count the reasons. So the reason why there's a war on off-patented chief drugs, right? is because ivermectin threatened so many things that um, that industry wanted. So number one, the emergency use authorization for the vaccines, for the global vaccine campaign in which they made many tens of billions of dollars throughout the world. You cannot have an emergency use authorization if an effective treatment has been identified for the disease in question. So it would have obliterated the EUA. And we know now there's lots of evidence that this pandemic was not only known it was gonna happen, it was prepared for, there are patents, they knew they were gonna respond with a vaccine campaign. So they had to destroy ivermectin because it would have completely interfered with the vaccine campaign. Secondly, one of the main uh, objectives that the vaccinators and industry had was to fight vaccine hesitancy. That, that, that has been documented in the simulation exercises leading up to COVID of what they were gonna do in the viral pandemic to the next pandemic, is they talked about the fact that they had to fight vaccine hesitancy. I can't think of any other drug that would have increased vaccine hesitancy than ivermectin. I mean, if, if you and your listeners and viewers knew that there was a safe, effective, cheap, um, you know, antiviral medication that you could take and you didn't have to take an experimental vaccine, many people would have opted for that, right? So that's number one. Number two, Ivermectin threatened the profit potential of all of their pipeline drugs for COVID. So Paxlovid, Molnupiravir, Remdesivir, monoclonal antibodies. I mean, massive markets which opened up for their wares. Ivermectin would have destroyed all of those markets. So you have to understand the scope and the scale and, and the absolute critical need to destroy evidence of efficacy. And they know how to do it. They distort it, they use talking heads and agencies, they do fraudulent trials, and they censor, censor, censor. And most of the censorship occurred at the level of the high impact medical journals. I, I document in the book, dozens of emails from researchers around the world trying to publish their trials of ivermectin that were positive every single time to any reputable medical journal, the medical journal said, no, thank you, we're not interested. Yeah. Doctor, thank you so much for coming on. Please come back. That was outstanding. The book is called The War on Ivermectin. If you want to know how creepy our system is, go buy it. Appreciate it, doctor. Thank you. <sighs> the 
And this is, this is why, this is why I've been warning all the time about the medical community. We're going to talk to Danielle D'Souza Gill about that in a moment. But this is why I've been warning about the medical community, big pharma. Last night, I lifted weights yesterday. Last night, my freaking shoulder hurt. It does on occasion. It's nothing bad. Don't worry about it. I'm sure it's a some rotator cuff, something. Who knows? And I could have go get you know even an ibuprofen, something like that. I don't trust that stuff anymore. I use CB Distillery. It's what I use for all that stuff. When I want to have a better night's sleep, I go get the sleep gummies from CB Distillery. When I have a sore shoulder, I do what I did last night. I go get the roll-on for CB Distillery, and I put it on my shoulder. I, we've got to start drifting away from big pharma stuff. You want to relax? You want to sleep? You want something for pain? CBDistillery.com, promo code JESSE, all right? cbdistillery.com promo code jesse that's you look you just heard get away from big pharma we'll be back something bad happened in ohio voters rejected a measure that we needed it would have been good for us why? What was the measure? What happened? What's going on in Ohio, the state I was born in? Joining me now to talk about all this is Danielle D'Souza Gill, new mother. Danielle D'Souza Gill, congratulations to her, also the host of Counterculture on Epic Times. All right, Danielle, what happened in Ohio? Well, Jesse, unfortunately, we lost um, something important there. Basically, people in Ohio were trying to pass something that would make it more difficult to amend their constitution. So right now, um, the people of Ohio could amend the constitution just by a very small majority. And something that the Democrats want to do in November is make it so that abortion is allowed up until nine months, that um, abortions could be had by you know teenagers without parental consent. And so... Um, a lot of pro-lifers were hoping that by moving that threshold from a 50% majority to 60%, that it would be more difficult to pass something like that. And I think that this shows that the left knows that they don't have a 60% majority, for example, in Ohio to allow for something like this. They won by less than that in kind of passing this measure. And so it just means that we have to be really on top of things in November because they will be able to pass really radical things, even with just a very small margin of majority. Danielle, what concerns me most about this beyond the nitty gritty constitution stuff is how are GOP voters not turning out? Uh, shouldn't GOP voters be frothing at the mouth right now and crawling across a mile of broken glass naked to go vote at the polls? I mean, that's what you should be doing right now, but they're not. Yeah, that's so true. And so much outside money was poured into these elections. I think most of the money doesn't even come from people in Ohio. It's not actually raised by, you know, these radical liberals who live in Ohio. I mean, Ohio is, is relatively conservative. It's a swing state, but um, they have a Republican governor. They have um, a really good chance of having Republican laws. I know that, that that the Harpy bill had passed previously, which was put on hold. So I don't think we should give up on anything in Ohio by any means. And if we can get more voters to turn out, we can absolutely win these things um, in November. But 
so many people from New York, DC, these big donors put in um, a lot of money to kind of scare people into thinking that, um, you know, this is something that these kind of radical, honestly, like single women need to turn out and vote for. And so I think they were very effective in getting a certain group of their demographic to go out there and vote. But the reality is a lot of married men, married women and single men need to turn out to vote for these things more because the left is so on top of targeting um, those those single women to get them all out in droves to vote. So I think if we can target our key demographics to go out there to vote as well, then we can win in November with these things. That reminds me, speaking of abortion and outside money in groups, that it reminds me of how much this entire culture lies and works to lie about abortion. This interview with Ron DeSantis recently by NBC was pretty revealing. There's no, no right. evidence of Democrats pushing for but, but their abortions view up is, until... Their view is, is that all the way up into that, yet there should not be any legal protections. Uh, there is no in indication of Democrats right, pushing you're, you're for right. that. Uh, that's an outright lie. It is the it is every Democrat in the Senate. It is honestly the stated position of every elected Democrat in the country that they want abortion all nine months of pregnancy, and yet the media runs cover for them like that. What a disgrace. It is such a disgrace, and I think you can even see that in the types of bills they try to pass. So, for example, if Republicans try to pass a heartbeat bill, it's not like the Democrats come back and say, okay, you know what, we're going to pass a 10-week ban. No, they come back and always try to push for third trimester, just the most extreme that they can possibly get. And so I've never even heard of Democrats trying to come up with um, any kind of other solution. And so, unfortunately, I think it just shows the fact that Democrats are so dug in on this issue and they won't give it up, even though so many people see how barbaric these late-term abortions are and see that this it, that this just isn't something that should even be um, available at that point. Danielle, your latest issue of counterculture, you talk about the medical community and how they are predators for America's kids now. It's frightening out there. As a father of two, it's scary. It is really scary. And I think what's sad is that so many doctors um, who disagree are unable to speak out on this because um, the, you know, the boards, the people who kind of control what it is that these pediatricians and other people are allowed to say, um, they, they could potentially lose their license. They might not be able to practice anymore. And um, I think that what's going to happen is we're going to see this big separation in terms of what the medical community says, maybe even the, you know, the CDC, the FDA, all of these things. They're going to say certain things, but then the truth is going to be something completely different. And so it is very scary taking your kids to a doctor because a lot of the times they want to ask them things in private. I know that that comes up um, often with saying, you know, um, are you are you this gender? Are you that? Are you this pronoun? Are you that pronoun? Um, I've even had a friend who's in medical school in Rhode Island at Brown, and she's told me that she um, she didn't t call someone by their pronoun in her residency, and she almost lost her um, her position there. And so I think that they're just starting this grooming of the doctors from a young age, and that is something that's coming out of medical schools. That's what's going to happen to them once they're practicing. And then who's really paying the price at the end of the day? It's the kids and the people that they will be the doctors for. I... I still see people even on the right now lamenting having children 
And this is something that's become very commonplace in our society. People don't want kids. I'm not judging people who don't want kids or haven't had kids, but I don't understand that. As a parent, I think it's the greatest thing in the world, and I encourage people to do it. What, what happened to us? How did we get so cynical that I routinely hear people say, I don't want to bring a child into this world now? Yeah, well, I think it's just this um, horrible distortion of the gender roles. I think that it comes from the fact that mothers aren't celebrated, women aren't celebrated for their feminine characteristics. They're oftentimes told they're not going to be um, anyone in this world unless they have a really successful career. And then, unfortunately, men are also put down for having masculine characteristics or being a good father. And so they're kind of seen as cool if they're like hipsters and all this other stuff. And so I think it ends up being that both sides end up maybe not wanting to have kids or they end up waiting too long to have kids and don't kind of um, make a plan earlier. We have this kind of stretched out adolescence of people in their 20s, not really um, kind of becoming responsible adults at an earlier age, which was never the case for thousands of years. Um, and I think when it comes to political stuff, I mean, saying, oh, I don't want to have kids because of politics. That's something AOC says. That's something people on the left say because of climate change, because of population control, all of these things. And our population is actually declining without immigration. So um, I think if our side actually has more kids and we raise them in um, you know, conservative ways, then we can have the future of the country. But um, so I think that's really just kind of a depressing way of looking at it. And we shouldn't give up on those things. And creating those conservative values really does start at home and then we can influence the larger culture. Danielle, you are the best. Congrats again on being a new mother. Good health to you and the baby. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Of course. All right. What are those four words we love so much? What are they? You voted for this. Let me do a little you voted for this roundup. Next, before we get to that, let's do this. Let's, let's clean our air. You see, isn't it the best when you walk outside after there was a big storm? You know why it's the best? Because you walk outside, what do you do? Everyone does the same thing. It smells so good because that's how God cleans the air. Thunderstorms, they clean your air. You know you can have that inside of your home. Do you know if you take an Eden Pure Thunderstorm and you plug it in, the kitchen, let's call it, and you walk away for an hour and come back, you'll walk back in and you'll be able to smell how clean your air is. Imagine living like that every day. I own nine of these things by now. That's not an exaggeration. All over my house, all over the studio here. Go get a three-pack. They sell three-packs $200 off right now. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. Get you that three-pack for $200 off, all right? EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back. Four words. I love them. I love them because it gives all of us the thing we don't like, but that's good for us. Accountability. We need to be accountable. I need to be accountable. You need to be accountable. We need to be accountable for our own actions. You voted for this. We must use these words with Republicans who don't vote in primaries or show up and vote for the same loser who's there. We need to use these words for people who vote Democrat, who vote Democrat in these big cities, especially when they start lamenting about the state of things. 
You see, you can have better results. You can have a government that operates the way you want it to operate if you choose to get engaged and vote the right way. In Florida, if you vote the right way, you end up with a governor like Ron DeSantis in Florida. And once you vote, you go out and work and you vote for Ron DeSantis in Florida. What you get is the results of your actions. Today, Ron DeSantis woke up, took a George Soros prosecutor in his state and said, beep, you're suspended, be gone. Here's this commie going on TV whining about the whole thing. I am your duly elected state attorney for the Ninth Judicial Circuit, and nothing done by a weak dictator can change that. Elected officials are being taken out of office solely for political purposes, and that should never be a thing. Under this tyranny, elected officials can be removed simply for political purposes and by a whim of the governor, and no matter how you feel about me, you should not be okay with that. But I am okay with that. And so are the people of Florida. So if you get to a red state, you can enjoy government like that. If you're in a blue area like Portland, Oregon, which is so beautiful, by the way, I can't believe they ruined Portland, Oregon. If you're in a blue state, a blue area, you get the same treatment Andy No got. You see, Andy No, he's been on our show several times, great reporter. He's on video, I've seen it a million times, being assaulted by Antifa. It's on video. I don't need to hear anyone's accounting of it. You can watch Andy No, he's just a little guy. You can watch him get slugged, get assaulted. He had concussion problems forever, assaulted by Antifa. Antifa just got put on trial in Portland. Jury of communists walked in, acquitted all of them. Be gone. It's time to accept, one, there are two different Americas and you better get to the right one. Two, it's time to accept that you shouldn't feel bad for the people of Portland. I feel bad for Andy No, but they go out and they vote Democrat every single time. I'm happy for them. I saw in Oakland the NAACPs complaining that there needs to be more cops. You vote Democrat every time. You voted for this. New York's complaining about illegal immigrants and crime. Oh, this is terrible. The city's overrun. The murders. You voted for this. I'm done coddling. We have to stop being nice and stop coddling and start holding up mirrors in people's faces. I vote the way I vote because I want to live in a place like Florida. You want to live in a place like Portland where there's no justice? Keep voting Democrat. All right, enough. We got light in the mood. Before we get to light in the mood, we want our dogs to not just live longer. We want them to live healthier. Because I know what happens at the end of a dog's life. It's happened to me with all my dogs my whole life. It's sad, but their hips start bugging them too early. And so he's hobbling around for the past the next couple of years. His eyes start to go. Their breath gets bad. Their coat gets really dull. All these things happen because our dogs never get nutrition. It's more than just age. All we give them is dog food. There's no nutrition in dog food. That's why it's brown. They kill everything in it. Rough Greens is the nutrition that will make your dog live better and longer. Natural nutritional supplement created by a naturopathic doctor, by the way. Pour it on your dog's food. They love it, and they'll live better. You will see results. Fixed my dog's digestive problems. Go to roughgreens.com slash jesse for a free jumpstart trial bag, or call them. 833-33-MY-DOG. We'll be back.
All right, it's time to lighten the mood. And we're going to talk about politicians and make fun of them for trying to be normal people. But before we get to that, let's get to this. We have to take care of ourselves. We cannot save the country if we can't even take care of ourselves. There is no saving America if we turn into a bunch of low-T weenies. There's not. Testosterone levels are in free fall because there are estrogens in the waters and the plastics and everything. Which, look, it's all, it's, all, it's all throughout. It's crappy. It's bad. We have to fight back against that. Well, you still need to drink water, so what are you going to do? Get a male vitality stack from Chalk or a female vitality stack for the ladies. Not big pharma crap. Natural herbal supplements. And let me just say this on a side note about Chalk. They're the most hardcore anti-communists I know. They're our people. You want to talk about putting your money where your morals are. Get better. CHOQ.com, promo code JESSE, gets you 35% off everything on the website. They have all kinds of stuff, all right? Go check them out. Now, there was a show on HBO a long time ago, I don't know how long ago, a while ago, called Veep. And it was a show kind of poking fun at politicians and how soulless and awful they all are. And I remember there was an episode where they took the politician, they took this lady, the politician, they, they were taking her out to get ice cream at an ice cream shop. And one of her advisors said, no, 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 we're normalizing. We're normalizing. Just trying to do anything to make this soulless monster appear to be a normal human being. I have always found it to be oddly hilarious when politicians try this. Like when Mike Pence puts out a campaign ad where he pretends to fill up his truck with gas, except you can still hear the beeping. Hey, everybody. Mike Pence here. Remember $2 a gallon gas? I do. And then Joe Biden became president of the United States and launched his war on energy. Since that time, gasoline prices are up 60%. Remember $2 a gallon gas? I do. And then Joe Biden became president of the United States and launched his war on energy. Since that time, gasoline prices are up 60%. Just me, normal guy Mike in my pickup, getting some gas. Oh, what's that? I forgot to squeeze the plunger. <laughs> All right, I'll see you tomorrow. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.